When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Franny Benali, and you're listening to In That Number. Then they lift one over the top for Danny Ings. Ings in the box. Oh, to his left. Good, brilliant. Oh, Thank you for listening to In That Number. I am your host, Ray Hunt. You can find me on Twitter at RayHunt84. My co-host, Kevin Milverton, at Moscow Mush. You can follow the show at Number Podcast. Subscribe, rate, review. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and if you would like to drop us a line, send us an email to InThatNumberPodcast at gmail.com. On with the show. So a rather different feel this week as the Premier League announced on Friday that the league will be shut down until April the 4th at least because of the threat of the coronavirus. We'll discuss the ramifications and what this means for football in general. And joining us this week to discuss all this, we check back in with returning guest Tim Marshall. He'll also tell us about his new life and just how difficult it is to follow Saints from Norway. With no Norwich game to go through, we'll instead go through all your emails and comments over the last few days. Uh, plenty of fun and games along the way as usual. But you cannot have fun and games without our panel, so it gives me great pleasure to bring them in. The one and only Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton, and our new resident Statman, Statman Steve. How are you, chaps? It's the end of the world as we know it, but I feel strangely fine. And Steve? Yeah, uh, very well, thank you. Lots of uh, virus stuff in the news, but other than that, all good. Good, good. Uh, Kev, no insults this week. Instead, I would just like to wish you a very happy belated birthday 
and you happen to share your day with with Nigel Adkins as well. So happy birthday to both of you from Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. So Saint Nigel and Kevin's day today. I'm not today, but um, yeah, this week. Um, yeah. Um, How did you spend your yeah. day? Um, partly in the air. Um, I actually travelled back on my birthday, so I got to sort of celebrate in two countries. Um, and yeah, it looks like I, I managed to get get a trip in before it all really, really kicked off and got watched the Saints before the season's been suspended. So yeah, lucky in that respect. Yeah. And yeah, I've um, been celebrating it. Well, I've obviously been working during the week, um, but yeah, this weekend celebrating it with, uh, with friends and uh, in-laws here. So yeah, having um, a good time. That's good, that's good. Um, and, and Steve, how have you spent your week. Have you uh, stocked up on dry pasta and toilet rolls? <laughs> um, actually, my dad always seems to stock up on toilet roll anyway, so we're pretty well covered. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, my week's been good. Uh, I've just been at work this weekend, been paddleboarding, so that's been really nice. It's actually getting warmer outside, so that's really good. That um, good yeah. yeah, it's been, been an alright week. And so, you, you know, since you've joined the team, we've taken no points from a possible nine. And now this, you know, I think you're to blame a bit here. <laughs> yeah, not great, is it? I was actually quite looking forward to Norwich away. Um, that would have been the perfect chance to pick up three points, but obviously not to be. Um, but we'll see what happens. We will. Um, Steve, go Steve. <laughs> <laughs> blame all on him. Um, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, Kev, uh, as I said, you, you've just come over here as well. It was really nice to see you again. We went to a game, as you said, had a curry, one or two beers. And uh, Sunday evening, we topped it off with our comprehensive five-a-side victory, which was oh, nice. Yes. We should just spend the next hour talking about that game and my uh, my wonder goal, of course. Do you remember it? Um, yeah, I was stood too far away to see it. Sorry, mate. See it? Oh god, it was like it was like Boufau against West Brom. <laughs> Danced around the entire defender and. <laughs> <laughs> It was on a turn. My back to goal, and I yeah. turned and swivelled and curled it. it. It was more like a Lambert penalty, actually, than a than a Buffal run. But yeah, I'll take it. It was very good. It was a classic rugby score as well. Thirteen nine, I think it ended. Yeah, that's comprehensive enough. That's good. I, only yeah. one goal though from me, and I, I, I don't think when I went in goal did I let in any? Yes, I think I did. Yeah, not as many as you though. Uh-huh. I let in. I let in two. Oh, that's not too bad. That's not too bad. Mm-hmm. Had a good defence when you were in goal, though, didn't we? So that was it. That is true. You were there. Yeah. Um, so anyway, guys, I was going to suggest that we should do this episode on Eastley and cheer on their success, but they got hammered 4-0 away to Notts County, so I think I'd rather not. But uh-huh. <laughs> How did Sherman go? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't okay. care. Um, so, yeah, this is, what, this is day two without sport. And I, I found this lady sat on my sofa. Apparently, she's my wife. <laughs> she, she seems quite nice there, so, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah I mean I'm not coping with all the absence of sport it's not just football I mean as you know Kev my commitment to sport is a daily way of life for me and I'm having withdrawal symptoms I, I may, need, may need professional help to get me through these dark times I just sat there like rocking back and forth listening to the Smiths <laughs> actually uh, Jeva said to me this morning um, can I interest you to the world of competitive house cleaning and I said well as long as there's a trophy involved I'm gay popped out the trophy man and <laughs> yeah um, which brings me to the, the huge game of noughts and crosses between Saints and City Steve I know you saw this um, amazing amazing and you must have some stats to go along with this 
<laughs> well, uh, I was, yeah, I, I kind of saw it after it happened, but from what I gather, uh, the Southampton uh, Twitter guy was trying to get Norwich involved, but that's right, yeah, uh, yeah, nothing, nothing from their end. So yeah, along pops Man City, <laughs> and uh, we always want to, you know, get get a good uh, game against Man City, try and actually beat them, or at least get a draw. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think Man City went first. Um, no, actually, Saints went first. I think because I think you said oh, your move to Norwich, didn't we? And then yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I think Man City were very close to actually getting the three in the row, and then Saints just kind of just come in there, nice Jack Stevens block, uh, tasty stuff. And uh, yeah, then we we were about to get our three, then Man City just kind of stopping the way. Probably Kyle Kyle Walker. He's uh, probably been in goal. Edison change, and uh, yeah, lovely stop from them, and it ends an all square draw. I take it. <laughs> yeah, I take it. A draw against Man City, not bad. Yeah, a, a very valuable time in the season as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, right, OK, let's not keep him waiting any longer. Our, our guest this week, we have Tim Marshall calling from, well, I'm going to butcher this, um, correct me if I'm wrong, is it Stavanger, Norway? It's uh, Stavanger, actually. Oh, right, yes. there we go. Yeah, that's gonna happen. I kind of, when I was like reading this down, I thought it might have a, like a French pronunciation to it that I'm missing, like Stavanger or something. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah. It's funny you should say that, because when we did a pub quiz the other day, our team name actually was uh, Stavanger's Assemble. So. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> Stavanger, right, OK. Stavanger, yeah. But anyway, how are you, Tim? Yeah, well, I'm good, thanks. Uh, as they say over here, means uh, all well. Uh, it's pretty much lockdown, uh, though. They've uh, closed all the airports, or they will do from midnight tonight. Uh, all bars, restaurants, uh, pretty much everything is shut at the moment, except supermarkets and pharmacies. So, uh, yeah, basically in uh, social isolation. Well, OK, apart from all this, um, <laughs> how, how has life been in Norway so far? Oh, it's great. It's a fantastic place. Uh, yeah, I've been here about two and a half Months now came at the end of um, December. Had to get in before the 31st of January because obviously that's the, the Brexit deadline when the rules uh, mm-hmm. are likely to change and you then get treated as a non-EU uh, EEA citizen. Um, just been learning the language mostly over the last couple of months. Um, probably need to find a job at some point. Uh, <laughs> been, been looking for one, but um, yeah, been going to language school. Took some exams last week. Made loads of friends here. It's a big international community because it's the oil capital of Norway. So. About 20% of people mm-hmm. live in Stavanger are from overseas, uh, a lot of Americans, but also people from all around Europe, uh, South America, around the world, really. So wow. it's got a good, good scene, yeah. Um, and did you know, Kevin, that Stavanger, Stavanger, Stavanger? Stavanger. There we go, got it wrong again. Um, it's the fourth largest city and the third largest metropolitan area in Norway, um, and it's located in the, well, southwest of the country on the peninsula yep. there, isn't it? That's right. Did you That's know that, right. Kev? I'll do now, for sure. <laughs> uh, are, you, are you glad you know this? I am, yeah. <laughs> every night at school now. It is indeed. So um, anyway, what's it like? What's the cost of living like and, and the work out there? Yeah, so uh, it's very, very expensive for alcohol, as a lot of people know about Norway. So you can often pay up to 10, sometimes 12 quid just for a, not even a pint of beer, actually. Usually they come in sort of 500 uh, centiliters. Um, yeah, groceries are quite expensive. Uh, eating out is pretty expensive. So they have a big culture here of like pre-lash where you go to someone's house and get, basically get quite drunk before you go out because it's cheaper. Um, then occasionally some of the bars will have some offers. There's this place in town called Gossip Bar, which has a 33 kroner uh, beer night, which is about three pounds. So that's about a uh, third or a quarter of the usual price. So wait, everyone goes wait crazy. Corona, corona beer? Corona, Corona. Oh, okay. well, <laughs> Norwegian Corona, yeah, crowns. <laughs> no, 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 no Corona beer. Um, 
Yeah, so you've got to, you've got to sort of plan plan accordingly. Uh, try and find some of the sort of happy hours or deals when they're on. Um, so yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty expensive. But then like the wages reflect that. It's one of the uh, countries with the highest uh, salaries in all of Europe. Uh, depending on different sort of measures of like GDP or GDP per capita, some some say it's the richest country in the world now. I think it's about sort of eighty thousand dollars per per head, and that's because they have a massive um, sovereign wealth fund from the oil that's worth over a, a trillion dollars. So uh, it's pretty good. It's like really good quality of life here. Like you're asking about the infrastructure, the, all the roads are very good, it's very clean. Um, yep, everyone speaks perfect English, which is a bit <laughs> difficult for me when I'm trying to practice my. Um, my Norwegian. It's probably better, um, probably better English than it is over here, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, people are pretty good uh, and very pretty friendly as well. Um, but there's quite a funny thing where they're polite and friendly during the day, but fairly reserved. And then on a weekend, they just get really, really hammered. <laughs> and then everyone wants to be your friend. <laughs> Sounds like Russia, Kev. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. How are you getting on with uh, the language? Are there any, any particular difficulties of Norwegian? I can't say that I've tried, ever tried learning it. Uh, so they actually have that many words, which is quite interesting. And a lot of sounds, uh, depending on how you stress, is quite important. So like the words, the words for now and when are very similar. It's like nor and nor. So they have that kind of rolled R that we don't really have. They have the three extra letters, obviously. Um, but when I did my exams last week, the reading, listening and the writing were, were fine. But I found the speaking really difficult. And again, I think that's because, um, yeah, I can go into a shop now or a bar and have a basic conversation, buy a coffee or a beer. But as soon as I'm like in a group of people, um, or even if they're all Norwegian, it gets more complicated. You want to talk about football or Brexit or whatever that requires a bit more vocabulary. They just switch to English. And they have like so many TV stations here in English as well. There's three BBC channels alone, uh, a lot of American TV as well. So the real, pro- the real challenge is they're just trying to get as many opportunities as possible to actually speak. But yeah, I can um, sort of read uh, sort of basic kind of newspaper articles now and um, wow. have a have a basic conversation. Yeah, that's, oh, pretty, that's, that's pretty damn good. After like what four months? Uh, two and a half months now. Yeah, sorry, two and a half months. Yeah, that's that's, that's yeah. incredible. <laughs> that is yeah, that's good. Yeah, because there's on the two varieties. There's like then was it Nunosk and um, Bogman? Oh, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's Which right. Which one do they speak there? So uh, confusingly, uh, because we're in the west part of the country. Uh, they don't speak Nunos, but they have a Stavanger dialect, um, which is quite difficult for me because I'm learning Bokmal. Uh, so, for example, if you say uh, I, it's uh, Yai in Bokmal, but here they say Egg. And if you say uh, Not, the word for Not is Ikka, but they say Isha. So wow. you're learning one form at school uh, and so on, then you, you hear a completely different form. So I guess, I guess it's a bit like going to... UK and rather than going to London, going to like Liverpool or Glasgow or somewhere quite Newcastle, cool. yeah. Or Newcastle, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like I was saying I go to the shop and can have a conversation, but then if I'm in a pub it's really loud and someone just turns and starts kind of drunkenly sort of talking to me really quickly, I don't really know what they're saying usually. <laughs> wow. Norway is of course famed for its well cross the country skiing, but it has yeah. been known to earth some real gems in the Premier League and indeed the Saints, seven in fact. Can you guys, between you, name the seven that have played for Saints? Joe Tesson. There's one. Clark Lundigvam. Lundigvam. Kev. Tesson and Lundigvam, that's all you've got. Guys. Steve, come on, where are you? Uh, I would have gone. To, I would have gone for the same, but I, I don't know. Oh no! <laughs> Anthony Amy's finished, isn't he? He is finished. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> finished. He's only like twenty-six. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ronnie Eppelin? Uh No, he was Swedish. Oh. Oh. Swedish. Yeah, both of us Swensons are Swedish. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
This is poor, guys. But actually, can I tell you, there's actually, there's actually a current Norwegian playing for Saints right now. Oh, go in your seat, Oh, of course, yeah. Uh, Lundic Vam, Joe Testam, and Elianusi. Okay, should I tell you the others? You're going to kick yourself. Yeah. Um, Egger Lostenstadt. Oh, uh, classic. Oh, classic, yeah. Uh, Stig Johansson. Mm. Uh, Trump Eagle Saltvelt and yeah. Vegard Foran. No, oh, I think they're the only yeah. to be fair. Yeah. Disappointed, guys. Come on. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Tim, what's it like following Saints in Norway? Yeah, it's. Um it's it's quite difficult, as you said, because um, it's quite difficult over here, to be fair. Well, I I'd, I'd sort of heard this, this, you know, this myth that out, outside of England you get all the Premier League games for free because um, you obviously have lower demand. So they, the irony is they sort of fleece everyone in the UK who wants to watch them. Mm. It's actually not true. Like they they do have randomly sometimes games on, but very rarely Saints. Everyone here loves Man U and Liverpool, um, so you need to get like the TV Sport uh, premium package, which we don't have. Um, they'll show some of the cup games as well. So yeah, I'm sort of mostly restricted to listening to the uh, to the website, the official Saints website, or you know other less uh, less legal means. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, there's a yeah, there's a few a few Saints uh, people around. There's Norwegian Saint too on Twitter. Uh, there's I think a guy called Per Ingevall as well. So shout out to those guys. Yeah, I was going to ask actually, have you actually turned the locals onto Saints? Or more, more importantly, have you turned them onto uh, in that number? <laughs> uh, I, I will do after this one now that I'm on <laughs> now weirdly enough um, I don't know if you've heard of Prekestola and it's this famous uh, rock that all the tourists love to go up and they film Mission Impossible 3 there uh, it's about 800 metres high ah right yeah okay. yeah went, went there the other week hiking and uh, I got to the top and there was this guy just sitting there in a full Saints tracksuit wow and I, <laughs> I was like I just went over to him because he had the, you know, the badge on his, on his was, uh, it, was it Elianusi it wasn't Elianusi. Uh, maybe it was a youth player, but, but I went up to him and he said, oh, yeah, we, we've been interrailing around Europe. We decided to come to Norway. And I think, bloody hell, you've blown your whole budget on your first place. Um, but, yeah, and then some nice guys. They'd, uh, they'd been, been around various places in, in Norway and wanted to hike, do a hike there. And we had a bit of a chat about the Newcastle game. And um, foolishly, we all predicted uh, wins. I think, I think I went for 2-0 and those guys went for maybe a 1-0. But, um, yeah, alas. <laughs> This is ITN In That Number News. So now we need to discuss this damned virus that is reaping havoc across the globe and disrupting my favourite time of the year. Uh, footy season's obviously coming to an end. NHL, NBA playoffs upon us. The Masters, golf, F1 season. Yeah, it's all gone. Um, everyone's panic buying and panic buying nonsense as well. I mean, the last time I was panic buying was when the bartender shouted last orders. <laughs> Um, but, but what does this mean for the league and the current season? And what about the Euros? Um, what happens next? Um, but we have a four-strong panel to do our best to break it all down. We kind of an international feel as well. Kevin, of course, in Russia. Tim in Norway. Me over here. And, and Statman's in Essex, which is kind of a country of its own, I guess. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, firstly, uh, you know, how are you coping with all this hysteria from your homes? Um... I think nobody's immune to the hysteria, are there? But um, I don't. I haven't seen any panic buying. I've been in the shop today, and yeah, everything's there as normal. Although I mean, face masks have been sold out for months, like ever since this started. But I think you know, I've done quite well without face masks masks uh, for my entire life. I don't imagine that um, I'll ever need one. Well, yeah, I mean, in terms of like cancellations and things like that. But yes, for um, I think the. Russian Premier League is playing a lot of the matches behind the closed doors. 
um, or they're slowly limiting the number of spectators that can attend. Um, I think they're going also along the route of uh, banning uh, public events with more than 5,000 uh, yeah. attendees or something like that. Um, but they were, they, were, they were taken on a local level. But, um, yeah, schools, apparently, you can take your kids out of school if you want to, but um, or you can send them to school if you want. So, yeah, it's a bit of a kind of hodgepodge thing here. But um, I don't think we've got any confirmed deaths. I mean, there's a few dozen confirmed cases, but um, no, no, no confirmed deaths as far as I know. Yeah, I mean, I checked the, the records of Southampton, and it says that there's no confirmed cases at all in Southampton but I mean that could have changed by now but it's just the calmness, nobody's being calm and then someone on the radio said that Britain will remain calm about the virus but people phoned the police when KFC ran out of fucking chicken for Christ's sake so mm-hmm. but it's, it's, it's always going to be bad over here and we obviously we know Tim said how bad it is in Norway at the moment they're going to shut down the airports and stuff like that but what about you Steve, how is it over there for you? Yeah, um, I've not really noticed too much difference in Essex to be honest um, yeah, shops seem to be pretty much as normal I don't think anyone's really panicked buying around where I live um, but yeah slightly different story in London um, in the office it was a bit empty this week I think a few people have been working from home and I know some of my mates companies they've said that they all have to work from home um, and yeah I've had a couple of friends as well who've had skiing trips um, cancelled obviously they were kind of places like Italy and France so for good reasons Um but yeah, just madness really. And yeah, I, th- I think, you know, they made a good decision to postpone um, the Premier League and the EFL till uh, I think the weekend of the 3rd of April. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as you say, like it looks more and more less likely that the Euros will happen this year. And yeah, I, I don't even know if we'll see the return of the Premier League on, on that weekend in April. We'll just have to wait and see, really. Seems very, very unlikely, doesn't it? Um, and the Norwich match tickets um, and official coach level will remain valid and if, for any rescheduled date as well. So that was nice to, nice to hear that. Um, Gabbiadini was confirmed to have contracted the virus as well. Did you hear that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he'll be fine. He'll be absolutely fine. Um, RB Leipzig goalkeeper, who, who played on Tuesday night against Spurs, has tested positive for the virus. Uh, Spurs players were advised not to self-isolate as they didn't get anywhere near him. Love <laughs> 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 that. Sorry. Uh, I thought I'd drop that in. Right, anyway, uh, what happens next? Um, there is a meeting on Tuesday to decide this, this season's Champions League and Europa League. Um, and there's an emergency meeting on Thursday to establish plans for the rest of the current Premier League season. Um, you know, does anyone get promoted or relegated? And what could this mean financially? Just don't know yet. And as Steve said, it's almost a certainty that Euro 2020 will be postponed to the 2021 summer. Um, does this mean that we can continue the rest of this campaign into the summer months? But then how does that affect next season, etc.? So, I mean, what I'll do is I'll go through some of the options that are on the table and we'll gather all your thoughts from that. So option number one, declare the season null and void. So this means, like, just cancel the oh, remainder of the season. I fucking love that. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, can- cancel the <laughs> remainder of the No, actually, I wouldn't, to be fair. Um, remainder of the season, wipe out all the records, so there's no title winner, no relegation, no promotion, no qualification for Europe. And I think it was Karen Brady that said on Saturday this was a fair and reasonable thing to do, as she says with her club sitting in 16th and essentially slipping. Um, but who's on board with that option? Because... I, I, I'm not, Kev. You say, I mean, it would be nice for Liverpool to have it stripped away from them, but, I mean, that, that Ings goal against Spurs would never have happened. And most importantly, that magical night of Fratton will be stricken. 
you know, all of Ings' goals this season will be about as important as Shea Adams' goals in pre-season. <laughs> so, you know, what, what happens there? But then on the flip side, that horrible night against Leicester would never have happened. So, is this an option to take, Tim? Do you agree with this one? No, I don't agree with that. I was listening to uh, Five Live Football and uh, your fellow Statman, um, Steve, Statman Dave, was talking about different model scenarios. And one of the ones he came up with was you basically look at uh, the expected uh, points based on or, or kind of performances already. Yeah. And um, I think there was very little change to obviously Liverpool uh, win. I think the top five stayed mostly the same. I think Wolves uh, slipped a place per- perhaps because they played one game more than Sheffield United. And uh, I think the bottom three also stayed the same. So I think you, there are different ways you can do it on expected um, points, expected goals, which then leads to expected points. Uh, Steve will know more about this than me, but that seems like a fairer, fairer way to do it than just to cancel the whole thing. Yeah. Using the Duckworth Lewis method. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Steve, this declaring the season null and void, are you, are you behind this one? Uh, I'm not, no. I, I mean, I think even if you kind of did it off of the expected points, then it doesn't really take into account, you know, late surges. For example, a couple of seasons ago, Leicester were rooted to the bottom of the table. They went on that mad run and saw them safe. Um, yeah, yeah nine I mean, games to go is a long way to go if you're fighting for every point. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. And also, yeah, I, as I was saying, like, it doesn't take into account any kind of late surges and... Yeah, you can never really know um, what will happen. So I think it's probably not the best option, in my in my opinion, anyway. And Karen Brady said that it was the fair and reasonable thing to do. Do you agree with that? Well, I think it just shows what a fucking idiot she is. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, who's going to listen to what she's got to say, seriously? Um, oh, I hope not a lot. Yeah, no, that's just not an option at all. I don't think like any of the teams or officials would be on board with that at all. I'm glad you said that because I'm totally against that. Um, option two, declare the season null and void, but crown Liverpool champions. Now, but th- th- this is going to hurt me to say, but Liverpool have deserved to win the league this year. They've been head and shoulders above their peers, and it's not even been close. They are the champions, uh, fair and square, 25 points ahead. So, what is it, two wins away from the from the actual physical trophy? It would be awful not to be crowned after this if they did cancel the season, but they can't make an exception just for them, surely? And as I say, how harsh is it on like West Brom and Leeds? It's very tricky, isn't it? Because you're right, that seems to be the, the one thing that's certain. Everything else is up for play in terms of exactly, potential yeah. league places and uh, relegation and promotion from, from the Football League. Um, but on the other hand, even if they do that and they, they give them the, the title, it will always have an asterisk next to it. Yeah. So that's well, up I there. think it's going to have an asterisk next to it, whatever happens now. Yeah. I mean, there's been also talk of extending the season into September, playing up playing through the summer, because obviously if the Euros are cancelled, it gives an opportunity to do that. And then next season having an 18-game season only, so everybody plays, uh, plays each other just once. Um, so you get, you get nine home games, you get nine away games. The problem with that, though, is that there's so much talk about do you have a big home advantage? Yeah. Uh, you've had to go away to three of the big clubs, but your other relegation kind of contenders haven't. That's a a big disparity yeah, there. Yeah, that, so that would be a, a massive remodelling. And not just that, the FA Cup as well would need sorting out. And uh, just, yeah, I don't think that the fixtures can be remodelled that much. I don't, I'm not, yeah, I'm not, not a fan of that one. Um, Steve, what are your opinions on this option? Yeah, I mean, well, potentially if they do do it, then, you know, Liverpool, as you say, are outright, they're, they're going to be the champions. There's no kind of doubt in that. And I think I saw that. Even Man City said that they wouldn't stand in their way if that was to happen. I think, you know, they're not going to really be that salty about it. 
Um, but yeah, as you say earlier, like all those kind of goals that Danny Ings has scored just wouldn't count. And I, yeah, I, I just can't see it. I can't see it happening. And um, I think it'd be the wrong choice if if the season uh, was voided. And Kev, I still think as you know, not a good option. Um, we still need um, Champions League places, relegation, promotion. Um, that all needs to be sorted as well. So I find that's just not enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, of course Liverpool champions, but it's not just about Liverpool, is it? Exactly, it's not. Like I said, it's not fair in Leeds and West Brom down there as well. Um, option three, end the season now and use the current table to finalise the champions' qualifications, etc., and relegation. Um, but like Tim said, only Liverpool was all but done. And, and this, again, would be harsh on Norwich, Villa and Bournemouth because it's still anybody's to say that it's, it, that's the only thing that's not set. So can we actually do option three? Could there be an option to play the rest of the games behind closed doors? For well, see, see, that was my option five. I say this is the one that I favour, and I don't know how possible this is to do, especially in terms of fin- in a financial stance, but take this break... Um, Get you know, and then get back to it behind closed doors. I mean, how you know how easy is that to do? Oh, I mean, it depends because you know the players as well have to be kept pretty much in quarantine for the next couple of weeks, and then there's all the support staff and so on. I think the Premier League could cope with that financially because they're so the clubs are so big um, that they will be okay because they don't rely on on gate receipts anywhere near as much as the lower league clubs because the TV money is so big. Mm-hmm. The problem you have there is if you then said, well, because we're doing that, we have to have it throughout the football pyramid to ensure continuity of promotion relegation, then, yeah, those, those lower league clubs would really suffer from the lack of um, match day receipts. Yeah, it's, it's just so much to go through. And, um, and I mean, Sorry, Kev. Yeah, I mean, I'm no epidemiologist, but, um, I mean, is there much of a difference between playing the games behind closed doors and playing the games as usual with uh, their crowds? But I don't know desanitising everyone before they come in or checking the temperature or whatever. Have something preventative rather than nuclear. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just glad I've not got to make this decision. Um, the other option was the uh, start the new Premier League season with 22 clubs. I've heard this is actually um, a lot of people are on board with this for some reason. Um, so that would like promote West Brom and Leeds because I mean, they're in a position to gain automatic promotion anyway. Um, but that would mean that five would get relegated next season and Saints would be fucked. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, over a 42-game season, is that right? That's right, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a bit of a crazy one. Yeah. Um, again, does that feel to down to, to, to all the other leagues as well? I don't think that solves anything. Okay. Um, Steve, what would you do going forward? What is your... What would, be, what would be your plan? So, after kind of taking a think, I, I, I probably think the best thing to do would be, I, I don't think it's really likely that it's going to start again on the 3rd, 4th of April. Um, you know, we're yet to see the peak and it could come soon, it could come, you know, later. No one really knows. I think probably the best thing to do was probably to kind of postpone it to potentially May time, and then I think it's just got to happen um, over the rest of the summer, really. I think that's going to be the time that the virus is hopefully going to die down with the warmer weather, and then I think the only kind of option is to postpone the Euros to next year, um, which I'll be sad about because, you know, some of the Saints players have actually, you know, turned up this season and, and done really well. It would be such a shame if Danny Ings doesn't get called up to the England team, but 
for kind of the sake of uh, everyone's health, I think that potentially might be the best thing to do. But I don't know. What do you What do you guys think? Well, then, Steve, with that, I mean, I like the idea of that. I mean, we have to come to terms with the Euro, Euros being moved to next summer. But what happens to next season if that's the case? If you can't, you can't ask these players to keep playing on through the summer and then have have what I don't know a week off and then go straight back at it. And how do we plan for next season? What does Ralph do with that with this time? Yeah, that's very true. I think if if it does kind of get postponed to the summer, then potentially they're going to have to put back next season and it could mean that there's less games played. Maybe they're going to have to kind of sort out the cup competitions as well. Like we, we already know that there's too many games being played at the moment anyway. I mean, is, so there, is there an option to cancel the, the, the League Cup or you know the FA Cup even? Yeah, I think... Out of the two, probably the League Cup. I think that you know teams don't really kind of treat that properly anyway. With Liverpool kind of putting out the youngsters, and um, it's not my favourite cup, but I think something's got to give. Something's mm-hmm. you know got to kind of make way for whatever's going to happen, and we're just kind of going to have to suck up as as bad as it is, really. Yeah, I think I uh, agree with Steve. You just got to kind of the Premier League is going to be the big one, isn't it? It's going to be the money spinner. We don't know what's going to happen with the Champions League. But I think, like, yeah, they have to cancel the cancel the League Cup. And if you can, get in a couple of weeks rest between playing the games through the summer and then starting again in August. That's probably the best solution. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously we're going to have to play it by year. Um, anything could happen. Uh, but a lot depends on whether they are going to postpone the Euros or not. Once that decision's been made, then, yeah, that does pre-up the summer. And, um, yeah, I think you can wait a bit closer to uh, the beginning of April before making an announcement you could yeah I think the season has to be played out um, if you don't want crowds then I guess yeah, behind closed doors that is an option um, here in Russia yeah I've heard that um, people who aren't able to um, take up their tickets um, like season ticket holders or, or whatever they get like a, a partial refund but they also get some free subscription to the streaming service that shows all the matches wow. so yeah that that that, that could be an option there as well. But yeah, I think um, um, yeah, if you can't play the matches and if you can't get the crowds in, then um, we're just going to have to play through the summer. And this is something that we kind of have to be doing anyway with that 2022 World Cup coming up because that's going to be played in the winter. So there's going to be a massive course, yeah. winter break and that would um, yeah, shift the end of the season right into the summer anyway. So yeah, it's not like it's completely unprecedented to play in the summer. And you say about players, is it sort of fair that they only get a week off in the summer or you know, a couple of weeks off in the summer? Well, players that go off on international duty, that's what they do anyway. It doesn't stop for them. So it gives all of the players in the Premier League a chance to um, keep their fitness up and play throughout the summer. That's a very good point, Kev. I didn't really think of it like that. Yes, yeah, so most of them are going to be going off to the Euros anyhow. So no rest. And they're just not going to have the, you have the Euros. So yeah. Yeah, very good point. Um, okay, so we'll move on from this virus um, and we'll talk about the club a little bit more. Um, Kev, have you heard any, or Steve or Tim or anyone, have you heard the latest on the potential sale of the club? Yep. Nope. I think it's mostly just rumours at the moment. Um, oh, I've we like, like rumours, we like them. <laughs> I've seen varying reports um, that potentially Gal is looking to sell up and I kind of heard that news before the financial figures came in. Um, but then I've heard news from other sources saying that it's just it's not true. So yeah, it's all rumours at the moment. Strong rumours, but yeah. Um, and then there's also rumours about it's coming up again that Yannick Vestergaard could be offloaded. Uh, we we all you know we're happy about this one, yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. Take the I money think so. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the money's there. I'm surprised that if that's what they wanted, that why they didn't do it in uh, winter when apparently we had an offer in. But mm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Was it actually a real, you know, serious offer? Or was it just rumours? Maybe Leicester were like, oh, maybe we, maybe Vestergaard's uh, yeah, an option. The money never came <laughs> in, and then someone was like, oh, it's 20 million quid. I don't know. You know what rumours are like. Mm-hmm. Um, Mario Lamina has said to the Turkish media, apparently, that he wishes to stay with Galatasaray. Show me the money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think he can, you know, if he wants to stay there, he can stay. His attitude was really awful um, towards the end of last season, and... Yeah, if he's going to be like that, then, you know, he's fuck off, leave, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. I think, like, even if we've had some difficult results, I think the team spirit is quite good. I think you can see they're playing for each other. And with um, with uh, Gineppo getting sent off last week, all the team, his teammates were rallying around him, being, being really supportive. So it does seem like there's quite a good sort of camaraderie in the dressing room at the moment, and he could, you know, basically upset that again. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, guys, did you see that prank? Uh, on Jack Stevens. Yeah. I did, yeah. <laughs> that was fantastic. Um, I don't know if we did. Did you um, did you put that on our Twitter, Steve? I can't remember. I did, yeah. I was oh, watching good. it on the train back home and it just cracked me off. I was trying not to laugh and the guy next to me was kind of looking at a weird look, but it was oh, worth it. Poor bloke. He's <laughs> such a nice guy, is that Stephen Jack? <laughs> Stephen, yeah, keep calling him Stephen. Brilliant. And Stuart, how good was Stuart Armstrong in that, by the way? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Um, Steve, you mentioned the finances and Gal earlier. Um, do you have the final numbers on this? That was, well, I think it was announced on Wednesday or Thursday, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I think it might have actually been, yeah, Friday. I, I remember sort of waking up and I was seeing, <laughs> I was seeing the, um, yeah, it all kind of unfold and uh, I wanted to kind of be one of the first ones to break it on the Instagram feed. So, um, yeah, basically um, Dan Sheldon writing in the Daily Echo, uh, was talking about our accounts for the end of the year 2019 to be released. Um, and we've seen that Saints have basically posted a 34 million loss for the financial year ending June 2019. This is unforgivable. This is, oh, I don't even know how this happens. No idea. That was supposed to be making it a self sufficient club, wasn't it? Yeah. And it was making a profit when you got it, so. Still making a profit. What's he doing? <laughs> I don't know. Negative. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think um, basically what what he's what Dan's basically put in his article is that I think the year before that we were okay because we were kind of getting the money through from the Van Dyke transfer, mm-hmm. and that was basically kind of propping up you know our numbers really. But as we've seen the last year, we found it difficult to offload those figures like Lamina, Forster, and and Hoyt as well. And I think basically their kind of wage demands are having a negative effect on um, how the club's being run at the moment. We've, we saw in that article as well that 77% of the expenditure is just on player wages, which is madness. What do you guys think about the back to the uh, takeover and all the Red Bull um, oh. people doing kind of mock-up logos and so on? I didn't even care, to be honest. I looked at it and thought... Um, this is obviously not real. Uh, I don't really want to do any. I didn't. I don't. I didn't even look into it any more than that. I just thought, yeah, nonsense. Yeah. It's, it's impossible, really, isn't it? Like, I don't. I don't think they'd ever be able to buy a Premier League club, and I don't. I don't think the Premier League would ever allow that kind of thing. No, so. they, no they wouldn't. No. Right. 
Nonsense. <laughs> okay. Hi, I'm Matt Letizier, and thank you for listening to In That Number. Okay, so with no Norwich game to talk about, we are instead going to read your emails and comments and anything that you sent us in the last couple of days. Um, and we've got, as I say, we've got four of us to go through them all, so it should be fun. Um, where should we start? Okay, we'll, we'll start with Alex Kimber. He wants to know our thoughts on the season so far. Tim. Yeah, I mean, a bit of a roller coaster, really. I was... I've probably had my, probably my best and worst ever Saints experience this season. And funny enough, the best one was not in the, the stadium at all. It was uh, in London when we played Pompey. And uh, John Lush managed to... He basically put out a tweet saying, anyone in London fancy watching the game, thinking he'd get about five or ten people. About 150 of us ended up wow. at the, uh, the sports bar and grill. And it was just amazing, like, great atmosphere. People singing, you know, jumping on the tables, drinks getting thrown everywhere. All the older uh, chants came back about Latiz and... Um, uh, oh, who's the guy he shits where he wants? Punchin, yeah, Jason Punchin, and uh, all the way back to the eighties. But that was that was fantastic. And then, of course, uh, Leicester game. I was I was there. My brother, who sort of kind of lost interest in Saints, hadn't been to football for about ten years, tried to come along for the oh third time in ever. And that's <laughs> and I was just yeah, we we sat there till the bitter end, and I'm in the in the biting wind and cold and so yeah quite quite uh yeah the real highs and lows but um i, I think i think uh we, we don't know it's going to happen now but i was thinking yeah it won't be a forgetful one that's for sure and i think it's been, been some good been some good performances as well like the the, the all the london away games have been pretty good actually like uh, arsenal and uh, chelsea and palace uh, that that winter, the uh, good time at Christmas, yeah, not 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 so much West Ham, but good time over Christmas, remember, with with those uh, that run of fixtures. So yeah, mixed yeah. bag. Um, I think it's yeah, as Tim was saying, roller coaster. You know, it kind of started off um, not the greatest of starts, and obviously the Leicester game kind of it went downhill quite rapidly. Um, I still remember getting a Secret Santa present um, from someone at work with a card that says Southampton is shit. So <laughs> that, was, that was nice to receive. But then we had that massive upturn in form in Christmas. And uh, yeah, I don't know who gave me the card, but I was thinking, yeah, we're doing all right now, aren't we? <laughs> and um, yeah, and then, you know, the last couple of games haven't been so good. But I think overall, um, I've been generally kind of satisfied like from where we've been the last couple of seasons in the relegation zone just out of it to kind of be 14th and we were ninth like a few weeks ago it's I think it's it's, it's gone okay it could have been a little bit better but you know we just didn't want to be in relegation fight this season yeah um, and and well after 29 games last season we were in 17th so a little bit better um and Kev like he also adds in this email like what needs to change and what do you think of the current crop of youngsters like Obafemi, Valerie, and Smallbone? Um, yeah, I think well, those are the, the three only the three real names, I suppose, that come come through the academy that are um, going to be useful in the future, um, as, as far as we can see at the moment. Yeah, I mean, what needs to change? Um, just look at our loan sheet, and that tells you everything. There's a lot of players on the that have got their wages in the books, and they need to come off the books. And, yeah, until we sell at least half of them, um, then, yeah, we're not going to be able to get players in of the, the calibre that, that we do need. Yeah, I mean, the, the season itself, I mean, you're asking ask about what I make the season. Um, really, really optimistic going into it. I mean, I went to that um, last away um, pre-season match, 
I thought we looked fucking fantastic, and um, Jay Adams, I thought we've got ourselves a real bargain there. Um, did you did you go to the Colm match in the end before the season started? No, I didn't. I didn't go. I was working. Ah, okay. Uh, no, but I mean, yes, that, that, yeah, going into it, I was sort of quite confident. Okay, yeah, we lost the first couple of matches. Yeah, the three 0 against Burnley, that was definitely a shock. Um, but you know, um, we did pick it up and we looked fine, and then it just all went uh, to shit, sort of end of September, and then yeah, going into October with, with that unspeakable fixture. Um, yeah, it didn't really look like um, it was going to be anything than a relegation battle, but. Um, the fixtures of like like like, um, like Tim said around that Christmas period, um, yeah, they were just brilliant, and that, that and Jan- January December, fucking yeah, amazing. Uh, it's difficult to say now, isn't it? I mean, in hindsight, we could be we could slip back towards those relegation places. I'm pretty sure we'll be safe, but um, yeah, I don't think it's going to be a strong finish to the season if it does finish. But yeah, I think the highlight has to be thrashing Pompey for no What could be better? Which might not ever, ever ever have happened now, Kev. So yeah. Um, well, no, the, 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 hang on. Haven't um, Manchester City actually got that trophy, right? Oh yes, that is true. Yeah. Oh yeah, that that did happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unlucky Pompey. Yeah. Um, Lucas asks, uh, why does Ralph keep getting it wrong in regards to the so-called teams we should be beating, like Burnley, West Ham? Newcastle etc it says half the time it looks like we have no game plan and we still have no repeatable method of scoring a goal it's just a random mess where we have to have Shane Long cock it in um, <laughs> Steve I'll start with you on this one does Ralph keep getting it wrong or why does he keep getting it wrong uh, well I think at the start of the season he definitely did get some of his tactics wrong and that's really why we were losing games the formations weren't quite what we expected of him um, there was kind of that news where he'd lost his assistant manager. Um, I think he went to Bayern Munich. Yeah, and, role, yeah. yeah, and I think uh, apparently a lot of the tactics came from him, so a lot of fans were kind of blaming it on that loss. Um, but I think in terms of the recent games, you know, like the big physical teams like Burnley, Newcastle, and again uh, West Ham putting up two physical strikers at the top. I think the thing is with us being such a pressing team, he likes to push the full-backs up. And so we're only really left with the two centre-backs kind of, you know, behind the halfway line. So basically West Ham were just targeting those areas to the left and right, the centre-backs. And as soon as they got a ball there, then they had someone to hold it up and then quickly just put a long ball over the top. And that was how a couple of their goals were scored. So I think he just needs to kind of deal with that situation because teams aren't going to, you know, play us the way we want them to play. So he just needs to be adaptable, really, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and Tim? Yeah, I, I agree with, with Steve. I think that um, he's quite a sort of football purist and he always wants to play like a, a pressing, attacking, entertaining football. And um, even though he's kind of like a tough guy, he's still going to be a little bit, little bit naive in that like a definitely a Deitch or a David Moyes or Steve Bruce will be very happy to just be really physical, break up the play, waste loads of time, just mess about. And don't think Ralph would do that. Individual players like Ward Prowse have got a bit more streetwise, but I still think overall he's always going to be committed to, to playing football. And maybe he needs to be a, a bit more, a bit more streetwise as well. And when we have to really like dig in, yeah. And I also wonder, like, I mean, Steve said about how West Ham targeted those areas, and a lot of teams can play that way against us. But I wonder whether they. I mean, I don't watch enough of the Bundesliga, but do they play that sort of style in in Austria and in in Germany? 
maybe he's just been a little bit naive to the Premier League and maybe it will take a little bit more time for him to get it right. I think he definitely made a lot of mistakes um, in terms of formation towards the beginning of the season, but I, I think he's been learning from the mistakes and he's found um, the preferred 11 and uh, formation and system that works for him. Um, it's that kind of entertaining football that we were lacking with Pellegrini and Claude Puel and Mark Hughes that we were sort of crying out for. So yeah, that's what we've got now. Um, but, and I mean, you could tell. I mean, the um, the results against West Ham and Burnley more recently, um, you could just see the frustration um, on Ralph's face, face and the kind of anger because it's you know it's clearly things that we need to work on. Yeah, must it's kind of like you knew it was training. coming as well, wasn't it? It was like you work hard on this in training, and this is this is the outcome. Kind of, yeah, he's a bit like one of us, isn't he? He's like, oh, same old fucking things. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, next question. Kev, I'll ask you this one for, I think this is brilliant. Um, Alex Kimber again asks, is Smallbone the new Pirlo? <laughs> I love this question. And in short, I think it's quite obvious that he clearly is. I thought Jack fucking Stevens was supposed to be the new Pirlo. <laughs> really good question, anyway. Um, next question. Um, the Saints Prime podcast dropped us a line, um, and they said, how do you think the mentalities of the players will change with this postponement? Uh, dif- uh, difficult to say, isn't it? I think... Um when you saw the PSG Dortmund game, some of the pundits were saying, "Oh, it really seemed to have affected uh, Dortmund to be behind closed doors, but but not PSG so much, maybe because they could hear their fans outside and home advantage." On, I mean, they're professional athletes. Uh, I think they'll train to the best of their capacity, you know, indoors or whatever they can do. Um, but yeah, I think I think it'll be funny for everyone when it when it restarts, and you might you might end up seeing a, a few freak results, I guess. Yeah, I think potentially it might be good for the players to have a bit of that off time. I think, uh, as we were saying, the last few games haven't really been up to scratch and maybe it's a good time for them to kind of refresh and rethink. So it might not be all negative, um, but then again, as Tim was saying, because they've had so much, well, they will have had a lot of time off, um, we could see some of those three results happening and I don't want any more as a Saints fan, not this season. <laughs> one one thing to kind of add, that if... Um they are playing to an empty St Mary's. Um, I mean, would that count as part of their amazing away form, or um, <laughs> would they still be terrible at home? We'll finally find that out. Is the crowd's fault or not? Yeah. Um, Instagram question from Southampton News Now. That's just that's quite a few. So um, I'll start with this one. This is quite a good fun one. Um, rank these strikers from best to worst. So we've got Pella, Ings, Lambert. J Rod and Austin. Kev, I know what you're going to say because you used to get a boner over J Rod. <laughs> Still do. <laughs> um, yeah, Kev, you go first with this one. So, who have we got? Um, Pella, Lambert, J Rod, Ings, and Ings, Austin. Um, Austin. Um, uh, okay, we've talked about Lambert, definitely um, the best. Yeah, that's mine too. Um, and. Probably, yeah, probably J Rod. Probably J Rod. Wow. I think if he had, if he hadn't have had that injury, I think he would have um, carried the mantle from from Sir Ricky. Um, Are you touching yourself yeah, right now, Kev? Um, well, you can't see me, can you? Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and then yeah, um, Pirate Saints boyfriend Graziano, uh, then Ings, then then Austin. Oh. Um, yeah, he's obviously, yeah, he is the king of scummers, but um, yeah, one good season so far this season. He's only been um, there for two seasons though, hasn't he? Well, ask me again in another season. Okay, well at the moment I've gone Lambert, then Ings, then Pella, mm. 
then J-Rod, okay. and then Austin. Mm. That's for me. Okay. Uh, Tim? So I'm going to uh, be a bit controversial. I'm going to put Ings top. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I'll come, come, come up with my rationale in a minute. So I go Ings top, then I'm going to say uh, Lambert, and then Pella, uh, then J-Rod, and then horrible Charlie Austin last. Hey, Tim, me and you have got exactly the same, apart from the Lambert and Ings on the other way. So yeah. I'll, t- I'll tell you why, and that's... Uh, um, and I'd be interested to get Steve's opinion on this. I feel like with with the money in football and you know the kind of demands on each club to improve every season and the physical demands and the sort of people coming in, Ings is playing at the time of which the Premier League is the most competitive and has scored against most of the big clubs. So although Lambert was brilliant, he, most of his goals were scored for us, obviously in the lower leagues and then coming up. So I don't know how he would do. Mm, you saw him in Liverpool. Obviously, he was coming to the end of his career at Liverpool. But I don't know how he would do for us, you know, season after season, playing at that that top level. Yeah, and I guess the, the question you have to ask with this one as well is like, is this the question of who I prefer or who is the better player as well? Because, I mean, I prefer, I would prefer Lambert because of all the memories. Yeah. But you say pound for pound, Ings is probably the better footballer. I think so. I think with the demands on the players in 2020 as opposed to 2010, even in 10 years, a lot has changed, I think. Mm. Good, good point. Pound for pound. Um, is that a reference to Ricky Lambert's weight? <laughs> Charlie Austin's <laughs> got to be top then. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steve, your, your thoughts? Um, yeah, OK, so I'll go through mine. Uh, yeah, Charlie Austin top. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> no, it's serious now. Um, yeah, obviously Ricky Lambert's going to be top. Um, then I'm going to go Ings second as well. I'm then going to go for J Rod, Pella, and then Austin. Oh, okay. I think we've had everyone's been different. That's good. Yeah, I think but everyone's um, got Austin at the bottom. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, everyone's I got Lambert. At the, no, no, sorry, sorry, Tim. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think I think with Pella, like he had two awesome seasons, but why he went to China after being asked, I still don't really understand. Money. Money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, uh, Alan from Norwich wants to know: Will this whole coronavirus outbreak make the players think twice before spitting on the pitch? It's a bad habit that would do well to disappear. No, I thought about that. Did you? Oh, you and Alan. Yeah, I, I, I can't remember which, which match I was watching. Uh, I, was, I was thinking, like, I was like, yeah, like, with players being told not to um, shake hands and um, face and stuff. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, going on the pitch is fine. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, why, why, why don't we stop? We should have stopped this years ago. Yeah, or just um, blowing your nose onto the pitch <laughs> like play. Yeah. It's disgusting. I agree, Alan. Like everyone else. Yeah. Um, okay. Now the next one. Uh, does Oriol Romeo have a future at this club? Uh, I'll take this one. I'm. I think he does. Are we looking for a doorman? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he does. All right. Hear me out. Right. It, it, perhaps it's not the involvement that he expected, but he's always there when when he's needed. You know, if we get key injuries to Hoiberg and Ward Prowse, or maybe even both of them, he's a ready-made replacement. He's there. Uh, Smallbone will be in the conversation too yeah but he's still young and he's learning his craft and it could be too much too soon for him but Romeo's going to be ready um, and actually this week Ralph, Ralph had commented that how professional him and, and Shay have been and you know just proper pros and they must have had the discussion about his involvement uh, and, and, and you know he knows his role doesn't he so I say he does they've both, they've both been playing in the under 23s as well so they want to keep the yeah. uh, game fit so. exactly yeah. um, and yeah, um, I think Oriol Romero does a job that um, 
probably like no one else that I'm um, making a killer game off. Um, kill an opponent off as well. <laughs> kill anyone if you look at me wrong. Um, but yeah, he, you know, he's there to do a job and, and he can do it when he's called upon, just like Shane Long. Uh, I think, yeah, now he's a regular in the team, but he hasn't always been. But um, yeah, people ask at the, over the summer, you know, does Shane, does Shane Long have a future at this club? Well, he does a job, so yeah, I'd like to keep him. Yeah, me too. He's a, he's a piece. He's an important piece, and rotation is is, is needed. Uh, Tim, Steve. Yeah, I think uh, I was actually doing some stats uh, earlier in the week. Of so course you were. Pull those out. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> uh, yeah, Romeo's played twenty two games. Uh, sorry, he's got twenty two appearances, and he's got an eighty two percent passing accuracy, which is uh, of the players that played more than the two games that Will Smallbones played. That's the best out of our. Um, yeah, four guys in the double pivot. So, yeah, I think he's still got a place. He's probably going to be a squad player now. Um, but, yeah, I do like him. And he was, he was probably like, he's probably our best player, actually, the first few games we played in the season. He was he was unplayable. And then, obviously, you know, change of formation. But, yeah, I think he's still got a place. Yeah, I think um, when we were talking earlier about Ralph uh, and, and his tactics against those kind of bullying physical teams, that's where he sort of still has a role because... Yeah. Uh, He's got a bit of bite, given that he looks like Nosferatu as well. So, Okay, this is a good one. I'm going to ask this one to Tim, because I thought it would best suit him. It's Tim and Kev as well. I'm sure you'd have your, your opinions on this one. Uh, who would you rather marry, John Westwood or Boris Johnson? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's suicide an option. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> probably... John Westwood has a nice bookshop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah, John Westwood. Okay, Kev? Uh, oh, God. I don't, just don't, don't make me answer this question. I'm sorry. Okay. Steve? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm not a big fan of this one either. <laughs> um, I've heard some pretty interesting things about John Westwood. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. As kind of... Uh, yeah, Boris Johnson's in great, but I'd probably have to take him. I think I would as well. I think I'd join you. Yeah, I can't look at John Westwood every day. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll take Boris Johnson, but then again... <laughs> oh. yeah, good luck trying to find the needle in that particular haystack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Kev, this is one for you. Uh, has Kevin ever gone a full podcast without swearing? Shit, maybe. Um, <laughs> not this one, certainly. Um... I think I think um, I remember uh, warning one of our guests uh, before we recorded that ours was a sweary podcast and um, it's fine to swear because we you know we 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 we're quite sweary and then didn't swear throughout the whole podcast. That was a long time ago. Really, I don't remember yeah. that. Maybe I edited it all out. I don't know. But why would I do that? I think it doesn't seem like something. It I might have been one of the shorter ones. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, next question. Uh, would you rather? This is a tough one. Really, really tough one. Would you rather never watch football again or support Portsmouth? Fucking out. Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> support Portsmouth. You're not actually watching football anyway. So. Oh, I don't. Then you could. Then you could. Then you could sort of support them, but then watch them get beaten all the time. So you still have to watch other clubs. Yeah. So you take that then. Yeah, as long as our kids, are, you know, fake support them. <laughs> Steve, what about you? Uh. 
Uh, no, I don't think I could support Portsmouth. I think maybe I'd have to. If I could never watch football again, I'd have to find another sport. That drastic. It's that drastic. Yeah. We might not ever watch football again at this rate, so. <laughs> Careful. Um, I, I don't know. I think. Um, if it was literally no football, mm. I could never watch any football. Um, I just have to bite the bullet and, and half-heartedly um, pretend to support Pompey. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that one. Um, okay, we've got a question from uh, Greg Kaplan through Facebook. It says, uh, "How big? This is a good question, by the way. How big of an impact does the interruption have on Kyle Walker-Peters' future with us, and will this significantly impact our summer plans?" This is a good question because uh, we've, we've only really focused on clubs as a whole, but perhaps not what it means for the individuals. I mean, he might not ever have. He might only have that one game for us. That's it. He may be returned to where he's not wanted at Spurs, languish there for a bit, and then be shipped out to a Championship or possibly lower and it's, it's massive for him and you've got a feel for him um, and the second part yeah. of that um, yeah I don't know I mean what do we do I mean I, I, we talked about it earlier like if we do play the rest of the season through the summer how do we even begin to plan these transfers and we all know our policies like one in one out and, and what the how do we do with all these loanees but yeah Kyle Walker-Peters what, what does that mean for him um, yeah it's an interesting one I, you know he should have probably got played against uh, Newcastle anyway mm. um, but I think from a few kind of reports that I've seen I think Ralph is potentially looking to buy him anyway so potentially from what he's seen from him in training in that one game that might be enough to buy him but you know it doesn't really feel the fans with much confidence because we've not really seen much of him yeah. um, he had the opportunity to play him and he didn't it's a bit of a worry. Yeah. I'd rather go with someone who hasn't played since November. Yeah, I just feel sorry for the guy. I think, um, yeah, maybe he saw more of Valerie in training. That's why he started him against Newcastle. But I think potentially if he could buy him for quite cheap and then, you know, we'll get another option um, for the fullback position in the summer, that'd be ideal. But as you say, like, we don't know how transfers are going to happen now. Yeah. In fact, it's really, really impacted our summer plans as well. And Tim, what do you think about um, Kyle Walker-Peters' situation now? Yeah, I'd like to, to keep him if possible. I mean, he obviously had that one game, and I, I thought he came with quite a bit of unfair criticism. I, I watched that, and I thought he was, he was fine. I mean, he a little bit lightweight, but I didn't think mm. he was any worse particularly than Valerie. So, um, and obviously, the you know, Spurs before did, did see, see, see something in him. So I think, you know, we're not exactly blessed with loads of um, talented players in defence, particularly in that, that position. So I think we need to keep hold of it if we can. Yeah. And, and Kev? Uh, yeah, he needs a break, doesn't he? That's what he's coming for. And, uh, it's been, well, he's going to get um, a three-week break at least now. <laughs> yeah. So give him a break. Um, but yeah, it's unfortunate for him uh, specifically. You know, just yeah, just got on the team, and now this. So yeah, hopefully um, there will be the rest of the season for him to, to come in and uh, play it out. And what about the? Uh, how does this impact our summer plans? Yes, it's a strange one, isn't it? I don't know how the transfer window is going to work. Um, maybe leave it open for longer or, or do away with it. Just say, okay, next season, just... Open know. market. Yeah, rolling transfers. <laughs> yeah, we've still got to ship out Carrillo as well because I think Leganes are going to get relegated, aren't they? So we need some takers for him. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Um, Debbie Beckham on Facebook asks... Okay, <laughs> this is for me and you, Kev. Um, if... Me and the Moscow Mush live together. Who would be the tidier? Kev, is Marina there? She's, yeah, she's here. Can you ask her? 
how tidy you are. Uh, okay. Do you want her on? Do you want her on? Yeah, yeah. Bring her on if she, if she wants to. Yeah. Hi. Hello. Yeah. Privyet, Kakdala. Oh, I'm good. Thank you. Nice to hear you. Uh, yes, you too. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, we've got a question on Facebook. Uh, it says, if me and Kevin live together, who would be the tidier? So I just want to ask you, how tidy is Kevin? Well, he's quite tidy. Yeah. yeah. I'm not so happy with him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, actually, Kev. And you've um, been to race place as well, haven't you? Yeah. I've been, yeah. But bearing in mm. mind, I do have three children and they're not tidy. Um but Gemma actually says, Kev, that you're always tidy when you're here. Oh, yeah. So I would probably say you would be tidier if me and you were living together. Okay. Well, what about I'll you? That's, that's yeah. yeah? Okay. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. Yeah, it makes me look good, doesn't it? Yeah, I'll you look good, yeah. Okay, thank, <laughs> thank you. Spasiba, Marina. Spasiba. Udaje. Paka. Nice, thanks for that, Kev. That's all right. Um, okay, next question. Uh, I guess everyone can answer this one. If you were a spy, who would you spy on? Okay, we'll go with Tim. Uh, I was going to like, in football or oh, just in life? I guess just anyone. It doesn't specify, so I'd say anyone. I'll probably spy on Boris Johnson then and uh, see see what he's up to, try and get some, some scandal and get, get him. Some scandal. But he's, immune, he's immune, though, isn't he? He's like literally like Trump. It could be like... Oh, you know, today Boris Johnson uh, burnt down a kindergarten, and it's like, oh well, Brexit. Boris will be Boris. Exactly. Okay, good one, uh, Kevin. Who would you spy on? Uh, Marco Bielsa. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, get your own back. Yeah. Um, uh, Steve. Uh, I reckon Roy Hodgson. I reckon he's quite an interesting guy. I think he does some cool things. Yeah, I yeah. spy on Roy. Nice. Mm. Obsession with Warhammer. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, we've got one from Simon, an email from Simon. Uh, okay. Interesting. Uh, would you take Rupert Lowe back if he promised to bring Messi with him? No. I guess, I guess <laughs> that's a question of whether you believe his promises or not. But fucking right, I would. I'd take a combination of Rupert Lowe, Rupert Lowe, Les Reed, and I'd be co-managed by Pellegrino and Mark Hughes if Messi was coming here. No, no, no thanks. No? Uh, no? Okay, if you could have, like... Seven prime years of Messi. Yeah, but even with Messi, a Saints defence is he's going to score. He's going to have to score so many goals for us. Every game will be a draw, probably. <laughs> At best, we just oh. outscore the opposition. <laughs> uh, Who needs Messi when we've got Danny Ings? Yeah. Okay. Um, Simon asks, also, with the season currently suspended, would it be fair in the worst-case scenario to declare the current standards in the table as the final end of the season result? We know that Liverpool will be champions, but will some of the relegation fodder fancy their chances given the remaining fixtures? We've, we actually touched on that, didn't we, in the, um, in the news? So, yeah, I don't, think, I don't think that's a fair way to do it whatsoever. I think they need, and Kev had said it's not an option. We need to complete this season, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, got an email, got an email from I love bumholes sixty nine. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely stuff. Uh, hey man, I'm not judging. That's fine. Um, I think we need to get him on as well and actually quiz him on this. Do you think that's a, that's an idea? But Maybe that's in, in that bumholes podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, he actually asked a really intelligent question, so I was pleased with that. Um, he says, uh, "Do we expect Hoyberg to stay? Shall we be looking to replace him if he does go, or stick with Romeo and Smallbone?" Um, I, I think we need to reimburse it, don't we? I, I, we've seen how important uh, Bruno Fernandes was at Man United when he came in. We need something like that, someone to just like rejuvenate us uh, and still rotate the likes of Romeo and Smallbone. But yeah, but we'll put it this way: if it does, 
if he does go and we don't replace him, I'll be pretty pissed off with it. Yeah, I mean, those are big boots to fill. Um, I think we've got to try and keep him if we can. And um, yeah, if the money is um, not enough for him or we get in a big, big money offer, then we need to be spending all of that money or more on getting someone in um, to, to replace him. Yeah, I think only if there's a replacement. We can't be dealing with just letting him leave and then, you know, not having anyone to replace him with. So There's always the, the panic buy. If you lose a player for a certain amount of money and you've got all this money to spend, then you just start bringing and looking at everyone that will fit. Yeah. don't necessarily work out. So there's always a, a problem in that sense. I hate, yeah. I hate the panic buys. Yeah, well, I mean, we've we've seen some of Saints buys in the last couple of years that haven't been great. So, I'd, uh, yeah, I can't see another season of that. No, basically, if they let him go, they need to be making a plan now. I don't want it to be last minute. We're paying like fifty million quid for a for an Andros Townsend or something. Jesus. Uh, Tim. Yeah, I agree. We've got to we've got to hold on to. Him. I mean, he often uh, seems to frustrate the crowd with sort of the sideways or backwards passing. But I enjoy the. Steve's stat breakdown on, on the other the other week on it. He does a lot of that sort of unflashy but important stuff that keeps us ticking along and uh, and he's pretty good defensively as well. So I think he's kind of quite key to how we play. Yeah. Uh, Dan asks, uh, what's going to happen with all these loan players? About seven or eight of them are on loan. Realistically, what can we get for them and will they go? That's what's holding back this squad. Yeah, I think, well, obviously we've got kind of the main culprits. So Hoy, Lamina, Carrillo, uh, Forster, I think... Those four players, NL Yanusi, I think those, yeah, those five players will leave. Um, but then also on the flip side of that, we've also got a few loanies. So I think Jay Keskis still on loan, as well as Josh Sims. I'd love to see Josh Sims come back. Um, I think he could be really utilised on the wings. Mm. Um, yeah, I think we've kind of missed his energy that he brought to the end of last season. So I'd really love Josh Sims to come back. There's also a question on their wages as well, particularly with, with Fraser Forster. I think he opened, he said that he would take a wage cut to stay at Celtic. Fair enough, that's fine. He's having probably the best spell of his career there. Um, but I don't know what Carrillo's on. I mean, I don't even know how much of, the, of his wages that we're paying. But I reckon it's probably quite a bit. And, yeah, this is a big issue. You can't just ship these players off without any takers. Yeah, I think I was, I was reading the other day, Carrillo was kind of talking about how his summer went and how he would be returning to England um, this summer as well. But I think, I, I don't really know what happened with him, but he sort of said that he was left in the dark and he wanted the Leganos move. Um, but we didn't want to kind of let him leave unless we had a replacement and then he went anyway. So I don't really know with him. Yeah, I think Forster, we could get probably a pretty decent... Um, transfer because he's been outstanding for Celtic and he seems to want to go back there. I think Elian has had less of an impact but obviously a big improvement on his time at Saints so for those two might be okay and that might cover a bit of the cost of the others um, but I think overall it's going to be a bit of a loss isn't it? And more loss, right. yeah. Yeah. yeah as I mentioned before I mean, we've got a ridiculous number of um, players out on loan so if we can solve um, all those problems that will make the um, yeah, free up some cash to go and have some fun in the transfer market. Yeah, excellent. Um, another email from Louise. We're coming to the end of these emails now, guys. Don't worry. Um, who's who's better, Superman or Batman? This is not even close, Louise. Of course, it's Superman. Batman. Oh fuck off. Batman. <laughs> we got three. Uh, who's saying Superman? <laughs> Who was that? Was that was that Steve? Yeah, Superman. Well done, Steve. Oh, we split. Oh, how was it, Batman? Um, it's taller. 
It's like yeah, he's, um, he's got to do is just flick him, and Batman's dead. That's it. Done. Yeah, yeah but that's just like pointless. It's like, oh, if you're if you're immortal or whatever, then you can just never lose. Like that's like the kid that oh, he never he's never out of the game because he's he's immortal. Yeah. Batman, Batman's like a bit bit moody. He's got quite a lot of cool tools and toys and stuff. Yeah. I don't like the Superman films. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't care for him. No, me neither. But uh, fact of the matter, Superman's better. Sorry, not even close. Um, and she actually asks as well, if you were a crisp, what crisp would you be? I mean, I, I'd be a McCoy because I'm a man. Mm. <laughs> Kev, you'd be a cheesy what's it? Because you're cheesy and delicate. Um, thanks, I must think about it as well. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'll let you answer your own question. Kev, what would you be if you were a crisp? Uh, I'm not sure Cheesy What's It even is a crisp, is it? Um, um, I don't know. Are you salted because you're very plain? Yeah, <laughs> maybe. It could be uh, a Marmite flavour one because they either you love me or you hate me. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Tim, Steve? Um, I reckon I might be a Walker's Oven Baked. Just the finest, the finest kind of crisp, really. <laughs> you mean you're a lightweight? <laughs> Crunchy. Hey. Got to be kettle chips. Oh, yeah. yeah. Life and soul of the party. Hey. Nice. Good answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got another email. The last one, I believe, from Ben. Um, ben actually asks, "What do you think of the idea of having 22 teams in the Premier League next season? Leeds West Brom promoted, and five teams being relegated next season." So we, we again, we touched on that in the in the news. Um, this is not an option again, guys. I'm guessing we're all saying the same thing. We don't, we don't like that idea at all. I mean, the only good thing is, and it doesn't apply to me because I'm not even in the UK anymore. But, but it'd be quite fun to have some extra away days, and uh, yeah, yeah, good, good for a goodwill gesture from the club. If they froze the season ticket prices, but you got those extra games in, that would be you know, quite a good boost for the fans after all the cancellations and so on. Yeah, and but the, you know what would happen? Like the first year and first and only year that Saints would get relegated when five go down and Saints finish yeah. fifth from bottom. Didn't that happen before when they when they decided to move it from two to three getting relegated? Saints got relegated in that 18th spot and you could just see it happening. Like five teams go down, Saints would be the 18th spot and that'll be it. 18th, yeah. 18th, yeah. Oh. Yeah, of course for the 22 teams. Yeah, yeah. I just, I don't think it's an option anyway. Um, right, okay, I think that's it for, for questions. Um, and yeah, I think that's pretty much it now with Tim. But actually, before we let you go, Tim, as we know, you've been in Norway for a couple of months now, uh, and your Norwegian is coming along. So I thought we could give the Moscow Mush a taste of his own medicine, and you could, oh, yeah. you could give him a, a bit of a Norse phrase, or maybe 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 a few if you've got them. I've got one for sure. Brilliant, Kev, you up for this? Yeah. <laughs> you ready? Okay. So it's. Hade, poor barde, din gamla chocolade. Hade? Hade, poor barde, din gamla chocolade. Hade, poor barde? Yeah, din gamla chocolade. Din gamla chocolade. Yeah, hade, poor barde, din gamla chocolade. Hade, poor barde, din gamla chocolade. Yeah, which means goodbye on the toilet, you old chocolate. <laughs> I, knew right. it, I knew it was chocolate. <laughs> yeah, chocolade, yeah. Hard for hard in gamla chocolada. Is there any context which um, that would be useful in? Uh, mostly children. They like a uh-huh. they love they love toilet humour. They uh, they go around calling everyone a bash, which means poop. <laughs> I'm going to bash on a poop head. <laughs> there we go. There's my um, insult for you next week, Kev. Yeah. Massive bash. <laughs> well, my 
How did you say shit out? Uh, bash hoarder. Ba- uh, <laughs> bash hoarder. Yeah, bash hoarder. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Um, yeah, anyway, so thank you for joining us today, Tim. I know we haven't had a game to talk about. It wasn't what we originally had planned, but hey-ho. Um, we still got through it anyway. Um, and it's always great catching up with you. Uh, best of luck. And whenever you, you, you like come back for a game or whatever, then, you know, get in touch and we'll go out for a beer or two. And at last time, we yeah, that'd be great. it was only like a brief encounter, wasn't it? I think it was at the, was it Norwich or Watford game? Uh, it was, yeah, yeah, when they had the fan free beer, but unfortunately it was uh, inside because we were going to go into the big fan zone outside, so they weren't giving them away there. Yeah, I thought I would have liked to be able to, to tell you about, about the Elite Serie M because I was supposed to be going to um, a friendly, a local derby actually, of Vikings against Sadness Ulf. Mm-hmm. So I actually live in between the two. I live in Sola, which is between... Uh, Stavanger, which are the Vikings and uh, Sadness. Um, and that would have been last Friday, but of course that's been cancelled. Oh. And the Elite Serie M was meant to start in um, uh, the next couple of weeks as well, after a few friendly matches, and that's been uh, postponed likely till May, unfortunately, for oh. Norwegian football fans. So, yeah, hopefully next time I'll be able to tell you a bit about my first time at a Norwegian game, but uh, not, not quite yet. Yeah, it's a shame. It's just all happening at the wrong time, isn't it? Yeah. But, yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's been great to catch up with you again, Tim. And yeah, cheers. Thanks for having me. You're a Norwegian Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, cheers to be back. Cheers, Tim. I'm in park. Nice one. Right, cool. Cheers, Tim. See you later. Cheers. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Okay, so we're into the extra time segment. We've got no fantasy football, no Super 6, no anything to really talk about. Um, but... We will go and do our head-to-head that you two guys have been having lately, that Twitter game. I'm not going to do that this week. We're going to do something a little bit different. Are you up for it, guys? Yes. Yeah. Good. Okay, before we go into it, um, Steve, have you done any social media work that you've done this week that you want to talk about at all? Yeah, I uh, put a couple of polls out this week. Thought it was a good chance with the break. Um, first one I kind of put out there was, if the Euros does get cancelled until next year, Will Danny Ings' 19 to 20 sensational form get overlooked? Um, and yeah, it was pretty, um, pretty solidly one answer, and that was a yes. Um, I think it's it's such a shame. Obviously, if it does get cancelled to the next year, then you know all the hard work that's been put in by Danny this season kind of gets overlooked. But then again, it could be used as you know a moment to kind of spare him on for next season and um, potentially get a place. But that's that's even if the Euros does get cancelled. So it's all yeah. you know up in the air at the moment. I just yeah, you could just see him getting an injury next year, couldn't you? And then all that, as you say, that hard work wiped out for nothing and never get yeah. a chance. Yeah, it's a shame. Yes, it would be a bit sad, but uh, yeah, less fingers crossed anyway. Um, yeah, and then I put out another poll as well, just saying um, with Saints' kind of recent form, um, we've had four losses out of five and only one win in in that kind of um, that that part of the season. Um, with the kind of coronavirus break at the moment, is it a good time for Saints to take stock? And you know, has it kind of come as a good break for us? And again, that was pretty overwhelming. Most people kind of put yes for that, 73%. So I think, although it's out of our hands, I think it's kind of come at a good time. Um, potentially, we could have got some points on the board against Norwich, but I guess it just gives them a bit of time to look at the results and how they've gone um, and how kind of Ralph's going to take stock and see us for the rest of the season if, if it does get played. So, Well, uh, I mean, we, we were yeah. on a break anyway, weren't we? Without this, I mean, if we would have got that Norwich game out of the way, we'd be next week with yeah. the FA Cup. Week after that was the international, so we would have had a good solid break then anyway. So yeah, yeah, 
we, we, were to, we were prepared for that break, but just I think it's going to be a little bit longer than we first thought. Yeah, yeah, and I think, yeah, with the England friendlies coming up, I was actually quite looking forward to that, but obviously they're called off now, so um, it's unfortunate, but yeah, there we go. Uh, They were my kind of Twitter polls for this week. Um, Yeah, and I think a couple of the points that we uh, put out on Instagram, we kind of looked at already on the emails, so I think that's kind of it from me, really. Okay, that's cool. Um, Right, we're going to the uh, head-to-head, so... When we took over, well, last week we played the Twitter game thing that we were doing, and, and Steve won the second week, so it's 2 0 to Steve. What I'll do is I'll add up all these questions that you're go- going today, and we'll call it a point. So it's either going to be 3 0 or 2 1. Okay. So we will start off with the first question Who has played for both Saints and Norwich? Right. There are four in our current team. First one to say them. Um, Ryan Bertrand and Angus Gunn. Um, I got Nathan Redmond, but I don't know the other one. Um, Redmond. Ah, uh, Kev, you said Gunn and Bertrand. Um, one more. One more. Ah, dear. That's difficult. Shay played there. Yes. Uh, I don't think so. Okay, well, I'll stop it on that then because I don't think you're going to get it. It's a bit of a no. Just a bit of a Kev wins that one. Tenuous one. It's Harrison Reed. Ah. Oh. But Kev got Redmond and Gunn and no Red no you Gunn and Bertrand. Okay, so I'll give that half a point as it were to Kev. Uh, second question. To the nearest mile, as the crow flies, how many miles from St Mary's to Carra Road? We could do this in turn, I guess. Um, we'll go Kev first because he's losing. <laughs> um, no cheating, obviously. Nah, that's about oh, Jesus. Uh, 120? 120 miles as the crow flies. You're <coughs> not driving. Um, and Steve, Statman Steve, what are you going for? Um, well, it's well, it's pretty much exactly 100 miles from my house to St Mary's. So, um, oh, I just think how far away I'm from Norwich. Um, Let's go 140. Okay, so Kev, you're going 130, did you say? I said 120. 120, and you said 140, Steve. Yeah. It is actually 166, so that is Steve's. Wow. Oh, sweet. To, to be honest, I thought it was longer. Than, I thought it was further <coughs> away than that. I was like in the 180s to the 200s. So I thought it was a while away. But yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, whenever I put um, St Mary's like into... Google Maps whenever I'm going from home is pretty much bang on 100 miles and like Norfolk's not that far away from Essex so that was my reasoning oh okay well nice one <laughs> yeah um, right there's a little Google game that I want to do so I'm going to read out a start of a sentence and you guys are going to tell me how it finishes so put the phones down no Googling okay I'll start mm. with the first one how much is that doggy in the window that's what you're going for, okay. And Steve, how much is... Uh, a pint in England. Okay, Wait, it's how much is my car worth? Oh, right. No one's going to get that, are they? Um, next one, what happens if you... Burn yourself? Okay, burn yourself. Make toast in the bar. <laughs> Interesting answer. It's actually, what, it's quite not actually that interesting. What happens if you die without a will? But oh. Actually, I, I've since okay. I've since rechecked okay. the fee, and they've actually changed it, and it's it's now 
what happens if you eat mould? Which <laughs> would have been <laughs> more interesting. Yeah. Um, last one on here. Uh, when do I? When Fire do I? Tax return. Fire attacks return. And Steve? When do, when I? do I dream and sleep? Okay, I'm going to have to give a point there to Kev because the actual answer oh. is when do I get my state pension? It was kind of like on the oh. right, on the right oh, yeah. tracks. Actually, yeah, the it. second was uh, when do I ovulate? Like, like, like Google's <laughs> going to know that. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, once a month. <laughs> um, right, okay. Uh, so if I give that one to Kev, so yeah. Kev takes it 2-1 yeah, at the moment. It. And now we've got a quiz. We've got five questions for you. Okay. And that is all on this season. So it's thanks this season. All right. Okay. Um, do you want to do quick fire or do you want to do take your turn? Uh, I thought I'd take your turn, but it's quite well. You want to, go take, you want to take your turn, Kev? Yeah, it's fine. We did one quick fire already, haven't we? Yeah, okay. Right. Question number one. Who did we beat for our first win of the season? Was it my turn? Um, okay, we'll go with uh, Kev first. Was it Sheffield United? It wasn't. Uh, it was Brighton, wasn't it? It was Brighton. It was. Uh, okay, so, uh, Steve, you go first on this one. Yep. Uh, a first goal scorer that wasn't Danny Ings. Oh, oh he scored. Um, oh, he scored against Brighton. Um, it was Redmond, wasn't it? You're going to go Redmond. Kev, what are you going to go for? That was Gineppo. It was Gineppo. Ah, Sheffield. Yeah, he scored against Sheffield, didn't he? Mm. Um... Okay, so Kev first on this one. Name the two clubs to knock us out of the both cup competitions this season. Uh, two clubs. Well, I meant the, the, the like FA Cup and the League League Cup. Who's knocked us out? Um, uh, Man City and and oh, and Spurs. Jesus. Points to you then, Kev. Anyway, so uh, Steve first on this one. If he gets it right, then I guess I don't need to pass. Yep. It. Um, sure. Second highest goal scorer this season. Uh, it's James Ward-Prowse, I believe. It, well, yes, it is. It's James Ward-Prowse and Nathan Redmond on four. Oh, okay. So yeah, uh, number five, Kevin, you first. Who scored? Okay. Who scored in our two-nil Boxing Day win at Stamford Bridge? Uh, Oberfemi get one. And um, Redmond. It was Oberfemi and Redmond. Yeah. 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 It was. Yeah. Yeah. So. I wonder. I think Kev's won here. Yeah, five three to Kev. Oh. Well Stolen it. So that leaves wow. the head to head 2 1 now. I'm just going to write that down. Okay. I'm finally, finally getting a bit more interesting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think <laughs> okay, well, I've, got no, I've got no opponents to, to use the Twitter against, so I have to come up with, a, with something different this week. But yeah. Um, I think that's about it this week. We'll play behind, behind closed doors next time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I don't think there's anything else we need to say um, in the next few weeks, I guess, that we're not going to be podcasting because we have to play the waiting game. Um, but maybe we'll be back before that. Who knows? I mean, we'll think of something. I mean, me and Kev were saying before we come on that maybe we'll have something out um, just just to pass the time for something to do, I guess. I don't know. We'll think of something. <laughs> uh, but for now, Brilliant. enjoy the spring break, I guess. Um, and we'll be yeah, back would you like a Russian phrase to uh, oh, I forgot about see, us, Russian see us now? Yeah, let's go for it. <laughs> yeah, so the Russian phrase this week is Moite Ruki. Moite Ruki. Moite Ruki. Moite Ruki, which means wash your hands. <laughs> Whatever <laughs> you've been up to, wash your hands. <laughs> okay. 
yeah, I, as I said, that's, um, enjoy your spring break, and we'll be back as soon as we can. So stay clean and healthy, and wash those hands. Until next time, up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.